Hi, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Locked On Nittany Lions podcast on the Locked On Sports Podcast Network, your team every day, and here your team is Penn State football. I'm your host, Kevin McGuire. Happy to be with you here today on this Friday, October 10th, 2019. It is Football Friday, and we are going to get you set for this weekend's game between the Penn State Nittany Lions, who look to stay undefeated, on the road against the Iowa Hawkeyes, who are looking to rebound from a tough loss last weekend in Michigan. And this is going to be a defensive slobber knocker, as they say, as you would expect from Penn State and Iowa. So we'll talk about that game one final time this week on the podcast. Again, we do these shows every Monday through Friday, so make sure you catch up on all the episodes from this week to get your Penn State-Iowa fix, as well as a look around the Big Ten and maybe a couple other things that have come along along the way. You can subscribe to this podcast for absolutely free on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Please leave a rating, leave a review. Let us know what you think about the show moving forward. We'd love to hear your feedback and hear what we're doing right and what we can possibly improve upon as we try to expand this uh, show moving forward and, of course, add on to our little community of listeners as we continue to discuss Penn State football on a daily basis. You can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. And, of course, you can like us on our brand-new renovated Facebook page at Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. Lots of stuff to come up on the Twitter and the Facebook feeds in the coming weeks. And, of course, check them out during game days because they're going to be pretty active then as well. Hit on a couple quick news and notes heading into this weekend for our Penn State football. A couple things from Iowa and maybe the XFL. Yeah, we've got a couple things to discuss real quickly before we move on. In our second segment, I'm going to give you a couple reasons why you shouldn't be fearful of Penn State playing a road game at night in Kinnick Stadium. It's been a house of horrors, but I don't think you need to worry about it too much, although you're going to hear plenty about it coming up this weekend. And in our final segment of the show, we'll give some final thoughts on this weekend's game, the official prediction, and look to see if we can get any of you guys involved as well. Again, stay connected with the show, join the show, and add to the conversation by following us on Twitter at LockedOnNittany, and check out the Facebook page at Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. And of course, make sure you're subscribed. Without any further ado, let's get this show started. Time to share just a couple of quick news and notes that have come through in my inbox and I want to make sure I pass them along because it is relevant to the Penn State Iowa conversation going into this weekend. And first we're going to start with a couple quick award announcements or award updates I should say. This is the time of year when a lot of the college football awards are starting to trim down their list of players from their preseason watch lists and starting to get you focused on some of the key players that may actually have a shot of winning these awards. I love preseason award season. It's always fun to talk about all of the different players that are on the awards uh, radar. (laughs) And you know, every award has a different kind of a radar and it's pretty widespread, but now we're getting into the midpoint of the season and we're going to be kind of focusing on some of the key players that have really been shining this season. And Penn state's got a couple of them for sure. And I'm going to start with the Maxwell Award, who, which goes to the best overall college football player. And Penn State has a good history at the Maxwell Award, although it's been a while since a Penn State player has won it. Sean Clifford, quarterback, after a couple of really strong performances these last couple of games, has been added to the Maxwell Award watch list. So we haven't reached the semifinals and final stage for that award yet. I'm pretty sure they do that, like some of the other awards. But he is added on the watch list. He's played his way onto that watch list. Uh, so that's good news. 
for Penn State. It means that Sean Clifford is getting noticed, uh, I think, by some people that are keeping an eye on some of those top quarterbacks for sure. Uh, like I said, it's been a while since Penn State has had a Maxwell Award winner, although they have a strong history with the award. Larry Johnson was the last one to win it in 2002. Penn State has seven all-time winners for the Maxwell Award, including Kerry Collins, Chuck Fusina, John Capaletti, Mike Reed, Glenn Klesser, and Richie Lucas. So you're going back a little ways. But you, you can see it spans throughout the history of Penn State's uh, football program, and you know, maybe they're due for another Maxwell Award winner. So I feel like they've certainly had some good candidates at times over the years, and you know, maybe there have been some stretches where you don't have a, a runaway candidate. But you know, Sean Clifford may be uh, in an uphill battle to win that award because there are some really good players out there. But it is good to see that he's being recognized and added to the watch list. So now some people are going to start paying a little bit closer attention to him. And of course, as the schedule gets more difficult and there are bigger spotlight games on hand, his performance in those games can go a long way to generate whether or not he's going to have a shot at the Maxwell Award at the end of the season. Again, I consider it a long shot considering some of the other options that are out there right now and the way that some of these uh, preseason Heisman favorites have started to off their seasons. Not to take any away from Sean Clifford, I just think it's going to be difficult uh, for him to win the Maxwell Award. But hey, it's uh, a long season. we still got a long way to go. And I said, it's good to be on the watch list because it means that people are recognizing just what he's doing. And in the same conversation, Yedder Gross Matos has been named a quarterfinalist for the Lot Impact Trophy, which goes to the top defensive player with consideration for how they lead their team on and off the field. So that's also a great award, and it obviously spans beyond what you're doing just on the field, and it takes a lot of personality and character into mind. Uh, so this is always a good list to be on. It's certainly good to be a quarterfinalist for the award. I don't know when they trim that list down to semifinalists, but I would imagine it's going to happen in within the next month, maybe at the beginning of November. Uh, probably sounds about right to me. Uh, so we'll go from quarterfinalists, I believe, to semifinals, and then they will name the finalists for the award. And I forget exactly when the release date for that award's announcement is, although it's probably around the college football awards season. So this is an award that uh, Penn State has one all-time winner. It was Carl Nassib back in 2015. So it's a a pretty cool award. Uh, And there are a good number of Penn State players that have won this award. But obviously this is not an award that is in Penn State's uh, lineage the way that the Maxwell Award is. But hey, it's a good it's a good thing to be named at quarterfinals because he's certainly been having a great season so far. And we're going to see if he can continue that pressure and gobble up some more sacks against uh, Nate Stanley in Iowa this weekend. And that, certainly that would help his cause moving forward. But yeah, Yedder Gross Matos is certainly deserving of all the praise that he's been getting right now. So having him named at quarterfinals is certainly uh, a, a nice little touch for what has been going on this season for him. On the other side of things, uh, not to dig out of the award season, we have a, an honorary captain for the Iowa Hawkeyes this weekend, and uh, yeah, he's a name that you may be familiar with. It's Ricky Stanzi, who just so happens to be 3-0 and all-time against Penn State, and you remember those games. There was a stretch where Penn State just couldn't beat Iowa to save their lives, and Ricky Stanzi was behind three of them. He started three games against the Nittany Lions, won all three of them. Uh, so, you know, you know about Ricky Stanzi, but he's going to be in town in Iowa City this weekend for the Iowa game, uh, home game against Penn State. Uh, so maybe he's hoping to spread some good luck to his, uh, his alma mater. And I'm going to talk about why Penn State doesn't necessarily need to be too concerned 
about a primetime game in Kinnick Stadium. I'm going to do that in our next segment. But uh, having Ricky Stanzi, it just feels like some bad mojo for Penn State because it's already going to be a tough game. Uh, Ricky Stanzi being on the sidelines as the honorary captain. Don't know. Don't know if that's something you need to be worried worry too much about. But it's going to be weird seeing him. And you, know, you, you just never know. He, he could bring a vibe to this team, this Iowa team. I don't. That's, it's a tough, tough spot to be in. All right, so uh, next week, we're probably not going to talk about it too much, but, you know, just something to keep on your radar, just something to keep an eye on, potentially. Uh, I The XFL is going to have their draft. Yes, the XFL, it's coming back in 2020, and now they're starting to put the teams together. They've got the coaches, they've got the teams, got the logos, I'm pretty sure, were out there too. And now we're going to start getting some players on these teams. So I haven't looked at the draft pool. I've seen the announcements that they keep adding players to the draft pool for the XFL. So I would imagine there are some Penn State names that are on those lists somewhere. Again, I haven't looked at it. I don't really care about the XFL, but I really think it's pretty neat how the XFL is going to do their draft. I just wanted to mention it. They're going to do a phased draft where, if I understand this correctly, every team is going to be drafting certain positions at the same time. So... Uh, there is a draft order, but you're going to be drafting your skill position players in one round. Uh, you know, I guess that's quarterback, running back, and wide receiver. Uh, and then in another round, you'll focus on your, I guess, your offensive line. In another round, you'll focus on your defensive line. So it gives everybody kind of a fair shot to get players within certain positions rather than having to come up with a, a strategy for how you want to build your team. I think it's kind of cool. I guess it probably spreads the talent around as evenly as they possibly can. I'm looking forward to seeing what the XFL does here. I do think that this is much more of a, I don't know if serious attempt is the correct way I want to phrase this, but I feel like this is a more legitimate startup for the XFL compared to when it debuted back in what, 2000, 2001, I think it was uh, (laughs) as a spinoff to uh, WWF SmackDown or whatever, basically. I feel like there's a little bit more potential here, but ultimately when it comes to these alternate professional NFL, uh, leagues to the NFL, the the lifespan is probably not going to be all that long. But that's just something to keep an eye on. The XFL is going to start their draft next Tuesday, and we'll see if any Penn Staters are in that mix as the XFL gets going. And finally, one last note, a longtime coach and administrator of Penn State football, Jim Williams, passed away at the age of 78, the school announced uh, earlier today as I'm recording this on Thursday. Coached 16 years as a defensive assistant under Joe Paterno, joined the program in 1977. So our best wishes to Jim Williams' family as they are in mourning, and of course the whole Penn State family by extension. Coming up in our next segment, I'm going to attempt to tell you why you don't need to necessarily be sweating the fact that Penn State's playing a night game in Kinnick Stadium. Yeah, some tough teams have uh, had some tough moments there, but that's not necessarily something to be losing sleep over. We'll talk about it in the next segment. All right, brace yourselves, Penn State fans, because number 10 Penn State is going into a night game at Kinnick Stadium, and we all know the lore of top teams, top-ranked teams, top 10 teams, top 25 teams going into Kinnick Stadium, and what happens when the lights are on. It's a tough environment, and you got to give Iowa a lot of credit for the kind of atmosphere and the scenery that they have there. It's a pretty cool experience, at least on TV it comes across as a pretty cool experience, but it's it's an intimidating place to play. And for a team that has a lot of young players in some key positions, this is a big test, not just physically, because Iowa will be a physical challenge, but this is a good mental test to see what this Penn State team really is made of. 
because odds are they're going to be faced with some adversity that we haven't quite seen from this team just yet this season. Yes, they've trailed a couple times at halftime, but they've come back to win those games. But this is going to be a different animal altogether because Iowa at night is a dangerous place to play. Just look at two years ago when Penn State played there. Uh, it was an electric atmosphere, a very good defensive battle. And of course, the last second victory with Trace McSorley on a fourth down pass in the final play of the game. This is not an easy game, folks. And I think we're going to get carried away with some of the, the retrospective pieces about how dangerous it is for a top-ranked team, top-10 team in Kinnick Stadium. We all know what happened to Ohio State a couple years ago. But let's just take a look at the history and see if there's any reason why this should be an alarming. Yes, if you're a Penn State fan, you definitely remember that one fateful game that came down to an Iowa kick Number three, Penn State in 2008. Uh, looked like they had a shot at playing for the BCS National Championship, although they probably may not have. However, that was their the, the closest that Penn State has come to playing for a national title in quite some time. And it goes up in flames because Iowa kicks the last second field goal to win the game. Uh, say what you will about how the defense played in that game and gave up the game, but whatever, that's uh, in the past. But that is the lasting memory that for so long capulated exactly what this Penn State Iowa series has been for Penn State fans. Remember, Iowa had Penn State's number for a long stretch of time from 2000 through 2010. Iowa won every meeting except for one. There was just one game in state college that Penn State won 27 to 7 in 2006, I think it was. But that was the exception to the rule because Iowa just frustrated Penn State throughout the course of that decade for the better part. And now, to be fair, a lot of those Penn State teams that took those losses, including some in Iowa City, were not very good Penn State teams. Well, Iowa was a pretty good team. So I tend to just kind of let those games slide by. I don't really look at those games as anything meaningful when we're looking at this particular game because obviously the teams change the the years progress and the the teams evolve one way or the other Penn State seems to be trending in a positive direction I was kind of um, maybe a little stale and flatlined we'll see but this is the thing we all remember that game when Iowa stuns Penn State and certainly Iowa fans remember that game very vividly but the last couple times that Penn State has gone out to Iowa and played at night they've Handled it pretty well. <laughs> Again, last year or two years ago, the last meeting there when they were number four, it was a defensive slugfest and they needed a play at the last second of the game. Credit Iowa for a valiant effort. But Penn State had the talent, Penn State had the playmakers, and Penn State was able to find a way to win that game. So while it was an intimidating place and it was a, a really tough challenge, it wasn't something that they couldn't handle as we saw in that game that night. Uh, go back a few years back before that, you know, 2012, Bill O'Brien. This is a team with nothing to lose. And Penn State goes out to Iowa and smacks them 38 to 14. It was no contest. No contest. So the last couple times that Penn State has gone to Kinnick Stadium, they've won. They've come home with a victory. And if you look at the recent history, Penn State has won five straight meetings in the series. There's no intimidation factor here. This is going to be a tough challenge for sure. And I'm very interested to see what happens with Sean Clifford. But 
There is no reason to be losing sleep over playing a game at King Stadium, especially the way that this Iowa team has been playing offense. They are not playing very well offensively. Maybe they're due for a bounce back. Maybe they're due for a, a big win. And maybe this is kind of like their game where they shock the world and, and blow out a team like they did against Ohio State uh, recently. So I don't see that happening. Because I think that this Penn State defense is not going to let it happen. It's going to be a slow, low-scoring game. Penn State's going to have to weather the storm early on. But there's no reason why they should be afraid of playing a night game in Kinnick Stadium. All right, in our last segment coming up, we're going to give some final thoughts on this weekend's game and the official prediction that I have for the game. And, of course, you can also check out the game preview that I've written up for Athlon Sports. Should be live by the time you're reading this. If not, it'll be live very shortly. So keep an eye out for that. I'll post that on the Twitter feed. At LockedOnNittany is our Twitter account. You can also check out our Facebook page on Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. And in our final segment, we'll wrap up the show. We'll wrap up the week. And i got to say it was a pretty fun week. Final segment of the show, final segment of the week. So let's end the week on a high note and let's give some final thoughts on this Penn State matchup against the Iowa Hawkeyes. This weekend, Saturday night, it all goes down. Penn State has an undefeated season on the line, a top 10 ranking on the line. And of course, as we said, it's a night game in Kinnick Stadium. So you know that they are going to have to earn this one, just as they did a couple of years ago. And you remember last year's game was a pretty good game that they had to battle back from as well. So this is an Iowa team that has really been struggling offensively. You definitely feel like if they can put some pressure on Nate Stanley and make him force a couple errors like they did last, like Michigan did last week, that would seem to silence the crowd at least a little bit, take them out of it. And that's what you need from this defense. Just like they did a couple weeks ago against Maryland, they get an early turnover, sets the offense up for an early score, really kind of sets the tone right from the off the bat. And then the big question is, can Penn State get off to a fast start? Because I was not going to allow for that very easily. This is a this is the best defense that Penn State has faced all season long. So if there is a way to get off to a quick start and get an early score early in the game, that would be huge. Because the longer that this game drags out as a defensive slugfest, the more likely I think it is that Nate Stanley is going to make a play that will hurt Penn State keep a drive alive, maybe tackle on a couple points here and there. And every point's going to matter in this game very much because I don't expect a lot of points. As I've said all week and as I said in our crossover episode of Locked On Hawkeyes with uh, Andrew Wade yesterday on yesterday's show, this is a game that could potentially be a race to 20 points. And I do like Penn State's chances to get to 20 points. And I think that they can get there faster than Iowa. So that would be a monumental shift of momentum if they can get an early score and get a jump start on that race to 20 points because I don't think that Iowa's defense or I'm sorry Iowa's offense is going to have a big game against this Penn State defense I think this Penn State defense is pretty legit I'm not going to say that they are one of the best defenses in the country but they are certainly one of the better defenses in the Big Ten and I think against an offense that has been struggling the way that Iowa has I think it serves them well in this matchup the flip side is, I like Iowa's defense. <laughs> I really do. I think this is this is a defense with A.J. Epinesa leading the charge up front. This is a defense that can cause some problems for a Penn State offense that has some young playmakers still kind of emerging as the leaders of this offense. 
And quite frankly, this is an offense that has hit some walls this season. Whether it's been slow starts against Buffalo or Pittsburgh or just kind of hitting that wall like they did against Purdue. This is a game where you cannot afford to have any lulls in your offense. Yeah, obviously, they're not going to score a whole lot of points, as I've said, but finding ways to just go three and outs or something like that, that's got to be uh, avoidable at all costs. <laughs> they need to figure out how to keep a couple drives going because even if you're just moving the ball, that's going to be a win. Uh, you know, field position game, that is perfectly fine sometimes, and you have to have the players ready to take advantage of that. I think Penn State can win a field position game. So you definitely do not want to get behind early. You don't want to be playing uh, in your own deep in your own end very often because this is not the kind of team that you want to uh, test that chance against. And this is an Iowa team that I've said all along this week. Coming off a hard-fought loss the way that they did in, in Michigan, this is a game where you know that they're going to be fired up. They're going to be ready to jump on Penn State as early as possible. And that's why I've said that weathering the storm early on is going to be crucial for Penn State. Like I said, you don't want to be playing from behind against Iowa in this environment. And it's very important to make some big plays early on. Force a three and out. Get the drive going with the offense. You know, Even just kicking a field goal on the first possession. That would be a good sign, I think, for Penn State. I do think Penn State wins this game. I really do. I think that Penn State wins this game, and I think they get to 23 points, not just 20 points. I do think there's going to be a late score. I don't know if it'll be a late touchdown or a late field goal to put the game just out of reach for Iowa, but I do feel like Penn State's got a late score in them that kind of seals the deal one way or the other, whether it's a game-winning touchdown in the final minutes or, like I said, a field goal to kind of put the game just out of reach in a very defensive battle. But Penn State's going to have to earn this one. They're going to have to play a full 60 minutes. I'm not saying they have to play the way that they did against Maryland, although that would be great if they did. <laughs> I do think, though, that they are going to have to uh, avoid making some mistakes early on because you do not want to give Iowa a chance to really you know, put Penn State down in the corner or right out of the gate because this is uh, not the kind of defense in this kind of environment that you want to be caught behind as much as possible. So... I think Penn State wins this game. I'm on record as saying Penn State wins 23-17. to Brace yourselves, guys. It's going to be a long night, I think. <laughs> I think it's going to be a long, agonizing night. This will probably be the roughest game of the season to date. And that does include the couple slow starts in this first halves against teams like Buffalo and Pittsburgh. But this is going to be a real good test. Because remember... This is the first of three crucial games for Penn State to really determine if they are going to be a legitimate Big Ten contender in my mind. I think they have to go 2-1 and one in the next three games at a minimum, if that's going to be the case. And getting a win off the bat in Kinnick Stadium is certainly a great way to get that started. So I've got Penn State 23, Iowa 17. Share your predictions with me on Twitter at LockedOnNittany. And you can also check out our Facebook page for a chance to submit your official predictions as well at Facebook.com slash LockedOnNittany. And that's going to do it for this week, guys. It's week number two of the relaunch of Locked on Nittany. Again, I'm Kevin McGuire, your host. You can follow me on Twitter at KevinOnCFB. I want to thank you guys all for the support that you've given us on the first two weeks of this podcast. Whether you've been subscribing on as many platforms as possible, including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or if you've just been spreading the word with some retweets or sharing an update on Facebook, 
we want to invite as many Penn State fans to the party as possible. So the more you can spread the word and encourage us to keep going, the more fun we're going to have in the in the weeks to come because things are looking pretty good this season for Penn State. And it's a lot of fun to talk about Penn State right now. And I cherish the opportunity to be able to talk about this team with you guys in my own way because I know there are so many Penn State podcasts out there. So I thank you guys for at least spending some time with me. Maybe not every day, Monday through Friday, but definitely checking out the podcast every now and then uh, just to get a glimpse. And we try to keep these episodes relatively short for you so you can take them on the go you can listen to them on your morning commute your evening commute during your lunch break (laughs) i make sure to tweet them out as much as possible so you can get uh, make sure you have that episode for that day with you whenever you go and with that we're going to close up this week's episode guys thank you again so much thank you to andrew wade of locked on hawkeyes earlier this week with our crossover episode Thank you guys all for listening and subscribing. Remember, you can subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. And you can give us a follow on Twitter at LockedOnNitney and check out the Facebook page at Facebook.com slash LockedOnNitney. Coming up next week on Monday, of course, we will recap this weekend's game against the Iowa Hawkeyes, win or lose. And, of course, we're going to start taking a look at what's coming up next, and that's the whiteout game against the Michigan Wolverines. Should be a fun week on the podcast once again, so make sure you're subscribed. I'm Kevin McGuire. Again, follow me on Twitter at KevinOnCFB. I will be on Twitter pretty much all day on Saturday, starting from noon Eastern all the way through the end of the night games and even the late night games, so feel free to reach out to me, and we'll have some fun as Penn State and Iowa are playing Saturday night, 7.30 p.m. on ABC. Have a great weekend. Have a great next week. I look forward to seeing you again and talking to you again in the coming days. And thank you so much for listening. Until Monday, everybody, have a great weekend. I'll talk to you then. Bye.